Monday. It is Monday, beautiful people. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. Oh, my voice is still kind of hoarse, but I feel so much better. So uh, let me run down my weekend because I know we got, hopefully, there'll be some word on the street in about half hour, 20 minutes. Um, but uh, it's a cold day in the Elm. I think it's, I don't even, I think it's like, 26 28 degrees it's pretty cold out there it's not cold in my house but it's cold outside um it's been a it's been a it's been a great weekend and then yesterday was a challenging capstone at night but i'll get to it uh let's see uh what did i do i started friday with ah the 42nd annual arts awards which was so much fun thank you to all the awardees Thank you to the Arts Council team. They pulled off another great arts awards. It was fun. And the awardees were lovely. And the red carpet was fun. I had a good time. Thank you all for showing up, for showing out, and getting the damn thing done. Thank you to the, the uh, pizza truck. They served up some good pizza and uh, salad. And thank you to our folks who... I think whoever sponsored the wine, thank you. I don't have the brochure in front of me. Uh, but thank you to all our sponsors, all of them, because y'all really help us make this thing go. But it was good. I had a good time. So that was uh, that was Friday. Wonderful Arts Awards. And uh, more people dressed up this year, like really dressed up, you know, like dressed up in the way that only arts people could show up. So that was really nice to see that because I'm trying to make this thing like our Met Gala. That's my goal. So I only got a few more years left to try it, um, but I'm going to do my best. So next year, we're going to try to make it real functified. We'll see. Uh, but it was, it, was, it was a lovely night and, uh, and the awardees looked lovely. And uh, it was just nice to be in a space with other artists, mingling, talking, drinking, having a good time, showing up for each other. It was great. So that was Friday night, Saturday. Uh, of course, Yale Access to Law School uh, Academy. That's my Saturday morning jam. Uh, but then I, I took a ride with uh, my, my trainer or my, I guess, I guess once a trainer, always a trainer. <laughs> He's not training me now. Um, with Robert Fulton, um, he had a, a cigar party up at uh, Hastings on the Hudson. This beautiful little uh, tennis club space that sits right on the water. It was really, really nice. And it was wonderful. Had a little dinner, smoked the cigar, drank a little something, something. And he drove. So me and um, Jada and uh, uh, drove up with them. And it was really nice. Now, Jada is a wonderful masseuse. I hear really great things about her sister. And I um I've not had a chance to uh, uh uh go and get her to you know st straighten me on out, put hands on me, but believe me, trust you, me, baby, I'm gonna get there because right? I need to add some touch into my life, and a masseuse is a great way to do that. So uh, so that was Saturday night, and uh, and it was it, it went into the night. Um, you know, it started at four and, uh, you know, it takes us a little bit of a hike to get there. 
you know, Hastings on the Hudson. It's a beautiful little town. I'd go back there to do some cool stuff. I mean, I really would go back there and do something to visit, to see the city, um, that kind of thing. I'm sorry, my my under eyes are very dry. <laughs> so I'm just putting a little honeydew, you know, a little rose, a little rose moisturizer. Cause I just feel like they're dry. But anyway, uh that was Saturday night, Sunday. We had uh the book talk with Nicholas Davidoff at Possible Futures. And let me tell you something. The power had went out, the heat had went out at the at the bookstore, I guess sat sometimes Saturday. And she was desperate to find somebody to get the heat on. And uh in the last hour, um somebody got the heat up and she posted this picture up on the on the on the on the website possible futures uh social media pages so uh nice young brother i pulled up and he was just finishing out i was like hey we got heat like yeah it's on it's like okay um so nicholas came and nice crowd of people wonderful crowd of people came to hear the discussion it was a lovely talk about uh the other side of prospect I got my book signed. Thank you, Nicholas. <laughs> uh, I was happy to have him in the space. So it was great. It was a good conversation. Uh, it's such a good book. I I feel like I'm reading the book every time I show up to one of his talks. I've not read the book proper. I just, you know, listen, listen to all the discussions. So I, I'm feeling like I'm reading the book, but I'm going to sit and read the book because it's beautifully written. Like I, I think they, I think um, critics have called him one of the best American writers working in the world today, and you know that's no easy title, that's no easy feat, that's no easy title. So anyway, I like I like Nicholas so much because he, I think he seems very conscientious about the world and his place in it, and I I admire that. So so that was. Sunday afternoon. Sunday night, I get a call from my daughter. Her roommate jumped on her, physically jumped on her. She called the police. I get over there. This is about maybe 11 o'clock at night, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. So I get over there. I go over there because, you know, she doesn't live, she lives around the corner or whatever. I get over there. And, you know, you know, my daughter, Marco, has a real knack for picking people who are just troubled because she's one of these people that likes to rescue and you know this girl is problematic anyway i mean she's got two babies by some guy who barely i don't know he doesn't do what he's supposed to do she comes from a janky ass family they don't they don't they don't really support her but they were in rare form last night so they showed up there they just started no trouble with me i i guess the big black woman was enough but the police came two police officers um, came. And, you know, I, I, I feel some kind of way about these young police officers because I feel like they come already primed for more of the same blue line foolishness, you know. So Officer A. Moore, New Haven PD, badge number six, and uh, Aldo uh, Ojeda, badge number 42. I mean, I you know, I got there. I introduced myself. I talked to them, you know. And uh, and the and the, the 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 young sister police officer just had such an attitude 
I, I don't know what that was. And I, I'm, mad, I'm mad because I'm already mad because this girl and my daughter and their foolishness is just on my nerves. You know, and I said to Margot, I said, listen, you have to get yourself out of the situation. This is not your life. You cannot rescue these people. They're going to do what they always been doing. Do you know what I mean? And I'm and I meant that to be insulting because these people are just trifling and they have been from the beginning. So I don't know. So the police officer, the little lady police officer was, you know, she I guess she didn't appreciate me talking, talking like that. But I, I don't care. I was mad and it's the truth. And you know what? You don't know these people. You know the situation when you walk into it. You know, I didn't raise my voice. I didn't direct it at anybody. I'm talking to my kid, telling her, you can't, you know, get yourself together and get up out of this mess. So I asked for their, you know, I asked for the officer's name. So she's going to blow by me and not want to give it to me. Goes downstairs and sits in the car, whatever the hell she does. They arrested the young woman, the roommate. Okay. I go down there. I get his. He's, uh, you know, he's been on the force two years. He's fine. I'm talking to him. He seems a little more at ease, but she seemed a little hyped up, you know, and I get, listen, I said to her, I said, listen, I've been a police commissioner. I understand the magnitude of this moment. I get it. When you walk into domestic situations, you don't know what you're going to get. But now that you know what it is, relax. <laughs> I just want your name and your badge number, sister. So she gets, she's like, A more. I said, well, what does the A stand for? Oh, I'm not comfortable telling you. Now, you just sound like a fool because that's not a hard lift to get. Because once I make my call to the police department or once I write my letter to the police department, your name, I, I'm going to have your name. What is the problem? I'm just trying to make sure all this goes down properly. I'm not trying to do your job. I'm not trying to do it be in your way. I just don't like your demeanor. And this is the problem what people have with the police. It's the demeanor and the tone. You know, it's the demeanor and the tone. You're not the military. You're to protect and serve. And part of, you've already protected. Now here's the serve part. Speak to people in a very respectful tone. Stop trying to be this, I want to intimidate you, whatever. So she got a lot to learn. They got, I mean, I know they got a lot to learn. They're new. We want police. We need police. You know, well, we just don't want the we just don't want the drama of the police, you know, the drama. So anyway, that's my two cents on that. Uh, and I'm I'm sure I'll see her again. And I asked them. I said, "Are y'all?" Well, I asked him. I said, "Is this your neighborhood that you are mostly in?" So he said, "No, mostly in the Dixville neighborhood." I was like, "Okay, okay." I was like, "All right." I just want to know if you know this neighborhood, if you know these people, if you know the street. And uh, he's like, no, not really. I was like, okay. <laughs> so that, that was my interaction. I was just annoyed. I was just annoyed. I just didn't like her tone. And I was like, if you give me this kind of mess, imagine people who have no real knowledge of how all this works how do you treat them and she'll probably say oh i i was doing my job and i was this that and the other thing you know there's doing your job and then there's doing your job do you know what i mean like you don't have to be an asshole to do your job 
you could do you could be a fine police officer without being you know hyped up or but she wasn't hyped up she was just indifferent she was just you know at you know whatever so maybe i'm being harsher than i maybe i'm being harsh in my my criticism because that's my kid and and i know the situation and what has been going on and they don't you know but they you know they you know they, i came upstairs and they let me go in the room and you know talk to her and i did and she didn't get arrested they got the the other girl got arrested you know and this other girl's got two young children i was like girl and i'm thinking to myself why would you put yourself in harm's way with little kids but we all we, i mean listen i've done it everybody's done it i just want these young people to be smarter about how they live their lives just just be just be smarter you know, don't put your babies in the system. You know, don't, don't, just don't do it. So anyway, that's uh, that's my weekend, people. That was the weekend, and it was good. I guess I'll deal with the rest of it. You know, I didn't make it to the girlfriend's party. I knew I wasn't gonna make it to that, uh, but we did. I did after uh, after the talk. Um, me and Ife and uh, Alicia, we rolled over to uh, House Anon and had a little late night happy hour dinner, which was really nice because they are consistently good, House of Anon. Cons I've never had a bad meal, no matter what time of day or night I walked over there. They always have, they always have a, a they're always consistent and the food is always good. And, uh, and I had a really good that was the best Daisy cocktail I've had there. And I've had other bartenders make the cocktail, but that was a good one. You know, I like a little tequila co cocktail. So that was good. I, I, I enjoyed that. I was hungry too. And uh, yeah, we didn't eat a lot. I mean, you know, the three of us, uh, it was nice. We had a good time. It's a good time. And, you know, we didn't stay out late. Like I said, we, by uh 10 o'clock we had wrapped up so i had got home got in my pajamas and i get the call from my daughter and i was like oh boy what is this and so you know you just go and deal with it so now she's got a i don't know she can't stay in that space because i don't trust that girl you know i don't trust her people so she's got to figure out something and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. So yeah, but you know, all is well. We move forward. We just move forward. And uh, uh, we just keep moving forward. So anyway, uh, oh boy. So Deion Sanders has left Jackson State. And I know people feel some kind of way about it. And I guess his son went to, to Colorado. And uh, I, I, I personally wished he could have stayed at the HBCU and continue to build that program, to build it on par. But, you know, people are ambitious. You can't fault people for ambition. You can't fault people for opportunity. I, you know, we just, we just wish he would have just stayed a little longer 
I guess three years. And you know, Jackson State paid him three hundred thousand dollars. Colorado say we'll give you five million. That's a lot of money to say no to, you know. So, I mean, I just I just wish that he could have cared a little, not care, but could have invested a little more time in helping the HBCQ, HBCU football community build and get as strong as the private white institutions. That's just my own take on it. I don't, I don't know if I have a judgment, really. I just, and maybe, maybe this is a harsh judgment. I just wish he would have considered maybe money is not the only, and who am I to say that, right? Because it's his life. I don't know his situation. It's, I don't know. But I just, I just feel like it just felt like now Jack State was always just a stepping stone to this. And maybe it is. And maybe I can't be mad about that either because opportunity comes and we always say to young people and we say to people, when opportunity knocks, answer. <coughs> so here it is. <sighs> so there'll be a lot of conversation. i tell you what I would like to see. Other former professional football players who were great at their game at the height of their careers or whatever, and they're sitting home in retirement, I want them to say, you know what? I'll go over there and work that job. I'll go over there and get this team strong. I'll go over there and let's do this thing. I mean, there's enough of them sitting around doing nothing anyway. You know, I mean, some of them are too old to be chasing women, but they'll try it. So go and do, maybe that's, maybe, maybe we could get that going. Maybe that's a route. Uh, it would have been nice too if he if he would have put in a succession plan, you know. I don't know. I just, I just, you know, I know. I just wish. <laughs> that's that's all there is to it. I just wish that uh, it could have been a different situation. I just wish that. That's all. <laughs> And, and I see people are in their feelings. And I get it because, I mean, we just know, a, a lot of us know what HBCUs mean to us. And we know what these teams mean to us. I mean, there's no homecoming like an HBCU homecoming. There's no, uh, there's no feeling better other than an HBCU feeling when you're on the campuses. So I, so I know it, it is very personal to people because in essence, it's saying you chose us, but why did you stay with us? And that's, I think that's at the heart of it that people sort of feel abandoned and it sort of feel taken advantage of, you know? So I get it. I may be off base, but I think I get it, you know? But at the same time, you know, we say, Opportunity only knocks once or twice or however many times, and you have to answer it. So, you know, he's going to jump at the chance to coach at that level and, 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 and do something for that team. And then, you know, who knows what the end game is for him? Who knows what the, the end game is? 
you know, who knows? So we'll just wait and see. So Colorado, here he comes. And uh, we'll see, see, we'll see how, how long it lasts. And we'll see, you know, what the outcomes are. I just, I just, this is the last thing I'm going to say on it. Man, I wish, I just wish. So that's it. I'm, a, I'm off the Deion Sanders thing. I'm off the Deion Sanders ride. I'm off of it. And I'm sorry that the, uh, that the, um, the USA team lost, got knocked out uh, of the World Cup run. Uh, young team, though. Very young team. I have faith that they'll come back in four years and be ready to rumble, right? They'll be ready. They'll be really, really ready. Um, so um, so I, I, I think they've gotten this far. And I, I've not been following soccer, so I don't really know it. I'm just learning it now. Um, I mean, my kids play soccer, but, you know, I didn't really get into it. Um, but I, I do know this, that from what I can see and listening to all the commentary, that they're a young team and uh, they're going to build and build and get reach some more maturity. That's the that's what I've been hearing. Reach some more maturity and then uh, come back swinging. That's that's it. So, so we'll see how it all plays out. But World Cup is in four years, so I might find myself at the World Cup. Who knows? <laughs> I might want to go, although they get a little violent. I might have to get me, I might have to be in the country and then watch from my hotel room because they get a little hyped up, these fans. You know, these fans are a little much. I don't know. I can't be in the mix. Uh, with all that so if I go I gotta be in the VIP section up in the skybox or wherever so I don't be in the fray <laughs> I'm just saying that's a lot so um, anyway uh, I'm in this I'm, I'm, I'm going with football and I, and I think um People are, are protesting FIFA for the, you know, they're the, the league that oversees soccer, international soccer. And they have been quite problematic over the, however long they've been in existence. And uh, and people would like to disband that and create a whole new system. I'm like, okay. You know, anything can be done. You could do anything. So it's like, all right. All right. So I'm gonna keep my eye on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna become a a soccer slash football devotee. I have given up on the NFL, um, but I, I gotta cheer for something. So soccer, tennis, uh, I mean everything is problematic. Like all these sports are problematic on a on a lot of levels, but uh, I, 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 soccer is like the number one game in the world. So I wanna. I want to get into it. So I've started. I've started this year with the World Cup. So I'm going to find a team, pick a team, and I'm going to start following them 
uh, get to know some of the players. I tell you right now, I already like the USA team. I like the Ghana team. I like the Senegal team. I mean, I like all the African teams, you know. Um, so, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay into it. I'm gonna stay into it, people. I'm gonna stay with it. So I don't know if we're gonna have word on the street today. I'm not. I'm not heard anything. I have not gotten the text about I'm on these streets. <laughs> so, so I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea. So we're just gonna we're just gonna keep it going. And uh and if somebody shows up, uh we'll we'll happily uh we'll happily let them uh break in and, and have the conversation. <laughs> so so we shall see. We shall see. Uh what else is going on? Oh my god. Okay. Um so if you want to know what's going on, just take a take a quick look over at the name of independent. I actually like reading them on Monday mornings. Um uh, because um you get a little bit of uh you get a, you get over the weekend kind of stuff. So uh let's see. Uh, I always like reading stuff about New Hallville. Because I live in New Hallville, I don't participate in a lot of the actual New Hallville comings and goings. Um, um, so I'm not like in in the community meetings and all of that. Not because I not because I don't value them. It's because I don't want to. Um, and that's I don't I don't want to um, I don't want to assert myself in those community meetings. I like to hear what happens after the fact, and and uh, I think they're doing fine work, and and I support the work, and that's it. So, okay, word on the street is coming. They're not giving up. <laughs> Paul Bass is walking the mean streets in New Haven. <laughs> He's not giving up. Don't give up, Paul. Don't give up. You know, uh, so so there's a, I guess there's a piece. Mustafa Abdul Salam um, is talking about um, when he was, I guess, a part of helping develop um, Science Park. And uh, I have to go back and read this. That might be uh, <sighs> there uh, might be worth reading. Um, so Paul Best caught up with him and had a conversation, I imagine. So I gotta go and check that out. And the piece on um uh by Adam Matlock and uh Brian Slatery, you know, that opera that they debuted at the uh, neighborhood music school a couple of weeks back that I wasn't able to catch because I was out of town. Uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, to uh, reading it, and I think maybe pulling it for uh, the inner city. So, oh, the tree lighting was Thursday. The tree is very beautiful. So I have to make sure I drive through 
the next couple of nights so I could see it because it's lit now. It's up. But it was Thursday and uh, for the tree lighting. And I, I, I purposely didn't try to make that. I just feel like since I don't have little kids, I don't really want to. So, oh, here comes word on the street. Yay. Okay, so God knows who's going to be. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to see. Yay, hooray. So I'll wait for them. I'll wait for Paul to log in. And because, uh, you know, we like word on the street. Word on the street is a nice little slice of New Haven life. So here he is. So we're going to bring you word on the street. Paul Bass out there in this 28 degree weather talking to people. <laughs> oh, wait, where'd he go? Okay, he'll be back. He'll lock back in. And then we'll see who's out there. And uh, uh, we'll see who's out there. I tell you what, I wouldn't want to be a little kid waiting at the bus stop. Oh, <laughs> this is very cold. Cold, cold, cold. I wouldn't want to be doing it. Uh, okay. So hopefully he'll come back. Okay, Paul, we're waiting. <laughs> Word on the street. So yeah, we'll just we'll just wait it out. <sighs> I slept so good last night. I feel like I I want to crawl back into bed and go to sleep a little bit more. That's not gonna happen because I got a lot of things to do. So um, uh, I know I'm gonna have to uh, gonna have to uh, guess. Okay, here we go. We're back at it, young people. Saints, we got us a word on the street. Let's see who we're talking to today. I know it's chilly out there. So um, so Paul's out there on the streets. We lost him again. What is going on? So he's, he's logging in from his phone. It might be it might be too cold to be out there. Like the phone might be like, you know, bring me inside. <laughs> it might be too cold. You know, these devices are are temperature temperamental. You know, good morning. I was thinking maybe your phone it was too cold. What what happens, Babs, is sometimes a box I have to press comes up. And it goes off the screen and I can't press it. Okay. <laughs> but we got Bridget who's been way down the cold for us. Good morning. And Bridget's going to tell morning. us we're, we're, we're in the middle of a block that people don't usually walk down, but where Bridget spends every morning. It's between like, what is that, Edgewood and Linwood and mm -hmm. Howe. It's sort of in between all these Yale galleries and buildings. What is this, 36, 36 Edgewood Avenue? Edgewood. What building is this, Bridget? This is our art and construction building that our students come in and they, um, build all kinds of sculptures and everything. So it's art school? Yeah. It's in the middle of the block, so you can't see it from the street. It's behind a garage. No, it's behind the garage. It's kind of a secret place. Yeah. And oh. you, work for, you work for facilities operations. I work for facilities and operations. Actually, as of yesterday, I made my 23 years here Whoa. at Yale University, and Way I'll be retiring go. in another two years. That's great. Thank you. What have you been wow. doing for 23 years? Um, 
I maintain this building here. I, I maintain this building here. Um, I just make sure the bathrooms are stay neat for the students, the hallways, the trash, and just make sure they don't need anything in the building. And don't, don't alarms go off a lot and stuff? No, not here. Uh, not here. So the only time I was ever in here, the alarm went off at night. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> you, you, you could get those sometimes, but not too much if, you know, the alarms go off unless they're doing a fire drill or something. And Bridget, what did you do for your 23rd year? Did you do anything special to the market? No, um, actually, I just sat home all day, you know, because I, I work Monday through Friday here, so I'm not here on the weekend. So um, I just sat home and relaxed and everything, got myself ready for today. And you've been on the job longer than this building's existed, I think, uh, right? Isn't this building kind of, how old is this building? No, this building been here way before. Really? <laughs> yeah, this oh. building's been here for some years now. You Have you been here the whole 23 years? Um, not in this building, no. Um, actually, I come from the law school. Um, I was at the law school, and I was there for two and a half years until the pandemic came in. And when the pandemic came in, it shut everything down, so it shut my, um, my job down over there mm -hmm. uh, as well. So, Bridget, what's the word on the street today? The word on the street today <laughs> is be safe, stay warm, and be a helpmate to one another, because that's what God would want us to do, to help one another. And tell me about what it means to be a helpmate. How are you a helpmate? Or how is someone a helpmate to you? Oh, uh, I could be a helpmate to you as in what I'm doing now. I'm helping you out with right. this right here. Um, I also like to give, give back to the community when I can and stuff like that. And how I give back to the community is if I, well, I live on Welly Avenue. So, you know, there's a lot of homeless people and, you know, that hangs out there and everything. So if I cook and I have extra food left, instead of me throwing my food out, I'll bag it up and I'll bring it to the street. How often do you do that? Um, not too often because I don't cook big no more because now it's just me and the family. So I don't cook too big. But last year, that was one of the things that I did. Did someone leave in the family in the last year, a kid grow up or something? No, it's just that everybody just started going their own ways and, you know, have a family of their own now. So, you know, it's just me and Prince Bentley and that's my dog and stuff. So <laughs> for me. What kind of dog is Prince Bentley? Prince Bentley is a poodle, mm -hmm. a standard poodle. And yeah. how long has Prince Bentley been with you? For four years, uh -huh. all his life, yes. And so I, I could be wrong, but I kind of felt like when you talk about your job here, you see that as being a helpmate too. It yes. seems like you felt some kind of connection to having a role to play for the students here while they do their own oh, work. Oh, yes, big role for them, big, a big role for them. Yes, I play a big role for them. Yeah. And do you get to know them at all? Yes. You know, I get to know all the students. You know, every year we get new students and, you know, students leave and everything. So I'm here to greet and meet the students and let them know who I am and what my role is in the building when it comes to them. Will I tell me a story about something that once happened with a student that was a nice story about interaction with somebody or meaningful? Oh, yes. Um, you can go ahead. Um. When I first came here, when I first came here, I uh, I met this student and she was, I want to say a little discombobulated because she was new too and she didn't know where to go and things like that. So I was a very, you know, I was a helpmate too. I had to get on my phone. I had to call the facility manager and let them know that they had a student here that was totally lost, this, that, and the other. And the good thing about it was that when she didn't know what building she was supposed to have been in, I was to take her to her building. And the next day, 
she had came with a box of candy before me. Oh, that's nice. Just letting me know, just giving me the thank you for helping her find her it way. It can be through. confusing around here. Yeah, yes, it can, especially when you're a new student yeah. and stuff. So, you know, the buildings, you could get tangled up in the buildings and stuff like that. You know, so it's, yeah, I was, you know. Is there a day you'll never forget working in facilities management, something that happened that's the day you'll never forget working at Yale 23 years? Everything, everything about Yale is very exciting to me. Um, it would just be the student. It would probably be the student. And art and artists, they come from all over the world, right? Yes, yes, all over the world. And Brittany, did you grow up in New Haven? Yes, I did. What part of town? Um, I grew up in over on Franklin Street Projects, Farnham Court. That's where mm -hmm. I grew up at. And I lived over there for 18 years. And then I was out on my own. Yeah. Have you been back since they made it a new place, Mill River Crossing? You see that place? I, um, it's kind I, of fancy. Yeah, it is. And actually, when they was doing all of that, um, a few people that grew up over there, we went over there to collect bricks. Oh, when they were rebuilding it. Yeah. How so many did you get? I got one. And where'd you put it? I put it in my room. I, I use it as a door stopper. At home. <laughs> At home, yeah. <laughs> and why did you want that brick? Because it brings back memories from where I was born and raised at, you know? Mm -hmm. So then it's like, why you got that brick? Don't touch that brick! <laughs> that brick is ancient history right there. That, that brick was probably up before I even was born, you know? So don't touch that brick. Have you been back to Mill River now? Yes. I go, I go over there every now and then because uh, still some of the friends and um, mothers over there um, still live over there. So, you know, once in a blue moon, I, you know, go over there because I still go to the grocery store once in a while, which they turned into. So now Meat King. Meat King, yeah. Not for ours. And what do you think when you go there now? How's it compare? I don't like it. Tell me about that. I don't like Um, The meats just don't. No, no, I mean Mill River versus versus Farnham Court. Mill River? The way they rebuilt where you grew up. Oh, well, I could say they did a good job. Um, I could say they could probably could have did something different with the front, mm -hmm. you know, as in having that elderly building in the front. I feel that that building should have been way in the back for the elderly people and stuff. Um, they could have did a little better than what they did, though. How does it compare to where you grew up, when you grew up there? How does it compare now? Different. It's, it's totally different. Um, it's, it's just not the same no more. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's not the same no more. And you told me before you're on the air that you and your brother want to do a podcast. Yeah, he has a barber shop in Allentown in West Haven. Um, my brother Ryan, um, he's my go-to guy. My brother Ryan, he owns his own barber shop, which is called Clips Barbershop in Allentown, West Haven. Anybody needs a haircut or a hairdo, you can go and get. Or male or female. Male and female, you could go there and get braids and beard shaved and trimmed and your hair cut, facial. You could get everything there. So he has um, a nice size basement there, and we was talking, and um, somebody had brought it to his ideal that we should start a city podcast and just, you know, have people to come and visit, and, you know, we talk about all kinds of things and stuff, uh, what's going on in our city of New Haven and stuff. So um, hopefully everything can, you know, take place the beginning of the year for the both of us. So you're planning to do that in 2023? Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to give him my car relief because I want to listen to you tell me about it. Okay? Oh, sure, sure. We hope that we could be all over the air from here all the way down to North Carolina if possible. What's, a, what's in North Carolina? 
people. People, you know. <laughs> Give people to listen. You know, we probably have someone from North Carolina that owns their own business and want to come up here, you know, and talk about their business and stuff, you know. Um, lawyers, doctors, Black-owned businesses, um, and that's more like what we'll be targeting is Black-owned businesses that's, you know, coming up now and stuff. And, you know, just to ask them, how do they get started and where they're looking to go? Is they trying to, um, you know, spread their business out, you know, different places mm -hmm. and stuff? Um, talk about um, the crime, you know, the crimes and stuff in the city, uh, the drugs, um, all, all, all types of things. So all, tell all me, stuff. tell me about today. What time did you start work? Oh, I start at four o'clock in the morning. Four in the morning. Yes. I, this is whoa. You've been on a long stretch so far. <laughs> I what start, time do you get up? I get off at twelve thirty in the afternoon. No, no. What time do you wake up? Oh, I wake up at two twenty. Wow, yeah. that must be hard. No, I love it. I love Tell it. me about that. Well, getting up in the morning, you know, like I said, the, you know, the early, what they say, the, the early, early bird, bird catches, catches the worm. worm. <laughs> yeah, but I always never understood why we wanted the worm. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the worm. I don't want some coffee. But um, I've been doing this for quite a while now. Um, Is there anything you need to do to say you're able to get up? At two, like, what helps you get up at that early and get going? My cell phone. Are you, what do you do on your phone? No, it's just alarm. Just the alarm gets me up. And then what do you do to get going? Do you have any routine in the morning? Um, I pray. Mm -hmm. I pray when I get up. I, I before my feet hit the ground. You know, I ask Lord, thank you for giving me the health and strength to see another day. And you know, I just get myself started. I play with my dog in the morning just to you know get him right, feed him. And I'm on my way out to work. I stop at Dunkin' Donuts. And this Dunkin' Donuts on Welly Avenue, I've been going here 23 years straight every day. Just imagine how much money I could have now, right? From, from not spending that Dunkin' Donuts $2.69 a day. <laughs> and what did you buy for $2.69? I get a small hazelnut uh, light and sweet. Mm -hmm. And what else is that? That's, that's you that. don't eat breakfast? I eat breakfast in my office. Okay, so you come in at 4. What's going on here at 4 in the morning? Four in the morning, there's nothing going on. I'm actually the first one on the um, premises and stuff, so there's nobody here. So I'm here first, and then we have another crew that comes in at five o'clock, an hour after me, and then the last crew comes in at six. And do you bring breakfast? Um, yeah, I bring breakfast. What'd you have this morning for breakfast? Oatmeal, oatmeal and raisins. Oh, you bring it from home? Yeah. All right. Cheaper. <laughs> and then you get off at twelve thirty. Mm -hmm. And what time do you go to bed at night? <laughs> um, it depends on if I catch a good movie. But um, I'm normally in bed between 8 and 8.30. Okay. And so what are you going to do from 12.30 to 8.30? What I'm going to say again? What are you going to do from 12.30 to 8.30? Um, I have some things to do. I, you know, I walk to my dog. I may go home and cook some spaghetti today because mm -hmm. um, today is my day off from my part-time job. Oh, you were talking about a part-time job. Yes. I that? also work at Yellow Haven Hospital in Bridgeport as a um, discharger. In Bridgeport Hospital? Yes, sir. Wow, so you drive down there. Yeah, you're a hard worker, Bridget. I am. What hours do you work there? I work three to 11. I'm part time, I work three days out of a week. So, on those three days, you go to bed at midnight, wake up at two. Mm -hmm. How do you go on two hours sleep? I don't know, it's just by the grace of God. So, what nights do you do that? Um, tomorrow night will be my long night, um, and Friday will be my long night. So, Saturday, you don't work here, so you can sleep in. Uh, I work this weekend, so this weekend coming is my weekend off. So yeah, I'll be able to sleep this weekend. So you work twenty four hours a week at Bridgeport? Yes, sir. Holy cow! Yep. 
How do you keep going? By the grace of God. And then today, um, somebody else has a plan. The mayor, Justin Elker, is announcing he's running for mayor again. Oh, wow. Any advice for him? Well, I just want to say to him, do a little more for the community, for the kids. The kids really need something to do. There's nothing to, for the kids to do. Everything, uh, you know, that they can do when it comes to the parent is, is highly costed, you know, mm -hmm. for the kids. You know, when I was coming up, we had so much to do in the city and so many places to go. Now the kids have nowhere to go and the things that they do is very costly for the parents. So the parents, some of the parents don't even really interact their kids into sports or anything like that. So I just hope the, I just hope the mayor can look a little further and try to bring back the girls and boys club. That's what they need. Where's that? They the had one. They have. They, they had the two of them. They had one on Jefferson Street oh, okay. where I used to go to, and then they had one over in the Hill area. And isn't that where Leap is now in Jefferson Street? I uh, I believe with the so. gym is yeah, the pool. Yeah, the Leap the Leap program is over there now. But if the Boys and Girls Club can come back to New Haven for the uh, for the kids, that would be great if the mayor could bring that back. So, Babs, any questions for Bridget? Oh, I don't hear you, Babs. Babs, you muted? The Boys and Girls Club is on Columbus Avenue. Yeah, that's where one of you said. You're talking about a second one that used to be on Jefferson Street. It's now Leap. Okay. Any questions for Bridget? No, she's hardworking. I appreciate her getting Can up so early. You believe she is? I mean, Babs has a couple jobs, too, but I don't know if you're going from two hours no. a night of sleep. No. Because <laughs> Babs also no. hits the town a lot. Yeah. I do, but, but I would not, say, not for work. Need any help, if you ever need any help on the air, I'm your go-to girl. I love to talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Babs, thanks a lot. Uh, we'll catch you a little later. And Have from, a good uh, day, y'all. Is the Love Babs Love Talk word on the street and uh, sort of off Edgewood Avenue with Bridget on WNHH New Haven's home for community radio. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Bye-bye. That's a lot. Yeah, one hardworking person. Thank yes, you. She is. Oh my God. You show up someplace at four o'clock in the morning? Oh my God. So that means she says she goes to bed at 8.30, but, but even still, she's got a part-time job. In Bridgeport. I don't know how do you do it? A girl, I don't know how you do it. Three to 11. And that means you get off and you go home. You have enough time to just take another shower or something. And then go back to the other job. But she only does it a couple of times a week. But still. So, yeah. when I guess when she gets to the weekend, she's like, you know what? I'm going to rest. <laughs> I'm going to sit it down. I'm going to shut it down. Ooh, okay. And she repped her brother, which is a very nice thing to do, who runs a barbershop in Allentown in West Haven. So that's pretty nice. That's pretty cool. So, all right, Bridget, I feel you. Uh, and then she was going to tell us about, uh, you know, uh, the, the meat company that took the Ferraro spot. She was about to go in on, she didn't think it was as good. I tell you, um, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that we ran into her this morning because there are people in this city that are out early, that that are out early doing the early thing. So, 
Bless her, bless her, bless her, bless her. But and she looks chipper and bright. Like she wasn't grumpy. Like she was like, you know, I'm up. And she's about to get off in a couple of hours, right? Because she's already been there since four, you know. And, uh, you know, you get off at 12 and then got a little time. I don't know what day she goes to Bridgeport, but maybe it's not Monday, you know. Maybe she could chill so good for her i'm telling you people do all kinds of interesting jobs and do all kinds of things so uh thank you for that paul that was nice nice little slice of what goes out of new haven i don't even know where the art school is i i don't even know if i could find it based on where they were standing I'm like where is that place it is behind a garage I was like where is that so i don't know where that is so I have to read the I have to read the article to know exactly where it is, and maybe Paul will take a good picture of it, because I I just don't know where that is. Uh, and you know, coming down Edgewood, or there's somewhere on Broadway. Is it? I don't know where it is. Uh, but that's the thing about Yale. Like if you don't have a map, or you don't really know. There's all kinds of things tucked in behind places that you can discover. And go, whoa, I had no idea. I had no idea that was there. I had completely forgot about the art school. I don't think I ever really thought about the art school at Yale. And I know I uh, I, I know artists that have graduated from there, but it's out of my consciousness. So, you know, I know that people, uh, okay, at the end of Edgewood behind Pizza House, before you get to the before you get to the uh, Park Street. Oh my God, it's over there. Okay. Okay, at the end of Edgewood, behind Pizza House, before you get to Park Street. So it's right there in that little cut. Okay. Gee whiz, I, I would have never known that's what that was. I would have never known that. Wow. Okay. All right. So that's not too far from the Afro-Am house. It's like around the corner, across the street. Wow. Okay. I'm telling you, all these little places in the cut, all these little places. I don't think I've ever, I know I've never been in the art school. So I know artists who have graduated from the art school, uh, but I don't know any, I don't, I've never been in that building. So it's very interesting. So what we're gonna do? We're probably gonna take a we're gonna take a the call letters in a few minutes, and uh, and run some music, maybe some PSAs, whatever, and then I'll be back uh, in fifteen minutes. I'm gonna make me some tea, so I feel much better. I'm not sounding as good as I want to sound, uh, because you know the residualness of the residualness of this dairy allergy. Keep, I'm 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 congested, but I'm not congested. I don't know what else to say. I, I'm congested. So I can feel it. You know, but I don't feel bad. Like that bad feeling is gone, which I'm so happy about. And uh, as I was worried that uh, it would linger and go on another week. So that's where we are. Uh, yeah. So the art building. 
So, yeah, most of us behind my moves. I'll be back. (laughs) And you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. But the fire is so delightful And since we've no place to go Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Yes, good night How I'll hate Going out in the storm But if you really hold me tight All the way home I'll be warm And the fire is slowly dying And my dear But as long as you love me so, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Come on. 
bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh, dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, <laughs> making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in one horse open sleigh. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in one horse open sleigh. Why go it while you're young? Take the girls tonight and sing this sleighing song. Get up, Bob Tail Nag, to forty for his speed. Then hitch him to an open sleigh. Crack, you'll take the lead. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh! Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way! Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh! Soon it will be Christmas Day, Christmas, Christmas. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. Children laughing, people passing, meeting smile after smile. And on every street corner, you. Silver bells, silver bells, silver bells, silver bells. It's Christmas time in the city. It's Christmas time. Ringling, ringling. Hear them ring. Hear them ring. Soon it will be Christmas day. Even stoplights blink or bright red and green as the shoppers rush home with their treasures. Hear the snow crunch, see the kids bunch. This is Santa's big scene, and above all this bustle, you hear silver bells. Silver bells. It's Christmas time in the city. Ringling, ringling. Hear them ring, 
When I was but a youngster, Christmas meant one thing, that I'd be getting lots of toys that day. I learned a whole lot different when Mother sat me down and taught me to spell Christmas this way. She is for the Christ child Born upon this day H for herald angels in the night R means our Redeemer I means Israel S is for the star that shone so bright T is for three wise men They who traveled far M is for the manger where he lay. A's for all he stands for. S means shepherds came. And that's why there's a Christmas day. That's why there's a Christmas day. Welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk. Yes, 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 we are dreaming of a black Christmas. <laughs> it's that time of year, folks. It's that time of year. Uh, I love Christmas music. I really love it. And starting, I, I don't mind hearing it, you know, early in November. I, I, I really don't. Uh, but I really turn it up starting December 1st. And I just keep playing it until Three Kings Day in January. So... This the season, ho 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 ho. Um, <clears throat> I I I I was trying to think what I wanted to talk about in the second hour, uh, because you know the world is so desperately crazy, <laughs> desperately, desperately crazy, but it is uh, um, 
even though the world is desperately crazy, I still have to keep my eye on the goodness moving forward. And somebody came up to me uh, at the reading yesterday and said that they were feeling some kind of way. And, uh, oh, I know I was at a, I was at a Planned Parenthood event a couple of years back before the pandemic and the protesters had surrounded. We were at, uh, the state, uh, we were at the palace and, uh, the protesters uh, were at the were outside, and they were they took over the whole sidewalk and made like a uh, a semicircle around the building. I mean, you know, they were just shouting and angry. I mean, they were just whatever. And it was a woman that was coming to our event, and she had just lost her mother. I mean, literally had just lost her mother, but she was coming to the event, so she was she was feeling some kind of way, and she got there, and. Uh, and the protesters just angered her further. And she just thought I would just unleash on them. And at the same time, I was coming out to uh, talk to the protesters to, just to see if they, because uh, it was hot, if they needed some water, if they needed to go to the restroom. And she said she was just struck by that. And it changed her whole demeanor and righted her, her internal ship. And, uh, and she just, I had forgot, I had forgotten about that. Cause I literally just went out there. Cause listen, I, I, I'm no fan of these protesters, but I also know, uh, that I, I, I don't ever want to lose my humanity in, 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 in pushing back against things that I think are wrong. So I went out there to the protesters to just say, hey, I, I, I respect your protest. And if you need some water, I'm happy to get you some water. If you need to go to the bathroom, I'm happy to sort of escort you to the bathroom. And then they just got quiet. <laughs> they just all, they all got quiet because I think they thought I was just going to come and cuss them out or yell at them. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I wasn't doing that. And I and I took some people with me. I said, well, listen, I'm going to go deal with these protesters. And people were nervous because they didn't know what I was going to do. <clears throat> and they didn't want to, nobody wanted to see me get harmed. And they didn't want me to harm anybody. But I, I had already in my mind knew what I was going to do. I, I, I just wanted to offer them, you know, a respite. That's it. And uh I don't think I was being extraordinarily kind or anything. I just I just was checking my own humanity. I was saving my own humanity. So it was really self-serving. So anyway, she reminded me of that yesterday when she was at the uh, possible futures talk with me and uh, Nicholas Davidoff. And uh and I had forgotten that moment. And uh and I say that to say in this season of thanks and giving and miracles and magic that we could easily lose sight of what this season is. We could easily be so angry that we raise up against one another. And I just want people to find these stories and these moments in their lives uh, that they can hang on to through these seasons. 
And this is different. And, you know, as we move into the holiday season, it is increasingly difficult for people. Um, it is increasingly difficult for people. I, I read, I've been reading these, 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 uh, these stories and I've been reading these, uh, uh, these studies that uh, people are more lonely now than they have ever been in the history of the world. That people are extremely lonely with all the gadgets, with all the apps, with all the social media, with all the things that supposedly connect us, people are disconnected. And I find that quite troubling on a lot of levels because humans are made for community. Very few people are hermits in like honest to God real life. So we we really are community people. We are communal people. We do our best when we are in community with friends and family. There's a few, rare, rare few that can't abide a community or can't abide, you know, connection. A, a few, a rare few. The majority of the world thrives on human connection and interaction. And right now, people are very disconnected from that. And with all the gadgets and with all the things, with all the social media apps and dating and all these kinds of things, we are, uh, it is supposed to foster a sense of community and bring us closer. And it does not do that. And we have to figure out ways, beautiful people, to reconnect ourselves, to connect ourselves and to touch skin to skin with each other in, in, in healing ways. It, it troubles me that people are lonely. It troubles me that people feel alone. It troubles me that people sit in isolation. It troubles me that people are overwhelmed by anxiety and depression and all those things that are in the mind, it troubles me. And this is something that we all could do something about. Like no one has to dine alone, unless you want to. Like I personally, I like to dine alone, but I also like to be with people. <laughs> but we have to figure out a way to, to close this loneliness gap and to be present for one another, and to be a present for one another. And this isn't, <clears throat> this is a God thing. This is a Buddha thing. This is an Allah thing. This is a Hare Krishna thing. I mean, this is all the things. You know, every, every faith, every belief has a commitment and a, a, a community. Christ doesn't work unless it's community. It just doesn't. Christ does not work in isolation. <clears throat> no, nothing works in isolation. You know, when you go to church, you are the church. There's no, church is not the place. Church is who you are. And I think we've gotten away from that. And we have to remind ourselves on a daily basis, on a moment-to-moment -moment basis that we are each other's keeper. And that's a huge and awesome responsibility. But we are each made for this moment. 
to be each other's keeper. And I'm not saying being each other's business, like, ooh, what you doing, blah, blah, blah. But to check in with one another and to have grace and make space for people. Sometimes you can sit in, in my spiritual direction practice as a trained, certified spiritual director. My, my job is to walk with people on their faith journey, whatever that is. And I, I will sit with anybody regardless of their religious leanings. I, I don't care if you're Muslim or Jewish or whatever. I can walk with anybody on a faith journey because it's not me telling you anything. It is you talking to me. It is you saying, this is what I feel and I believe. And I'm not a therapist. This is not therapy. Spiritual direction is not therapy. Spiritual direction is just having a friend to journey with you as you figure out what God is to and for you or the creator or the light or the spirit or whatever it is or the nothingness that I sit with you and walk with you in that moment so that you can find some peace and joy and celebration so that you can deal with the sorrows that come to all of us, so that you can deal with the grief that comes to all of us and not be alone. And I think for me, there's no greater gift to humanity than to sit with another human as they move about their journey on this life thing. That's it. We have to be better to each other. We have to be better to each other in our relationships, in our interactions with people. We have to find a way to bring peace to situations. And I'm not suggesting people be doormats or take abuse or any of that foolishness. I'm just saying that we need to afford ourselves grace and also afford one another grace. That's what I'm talking about. And I know this season is tough for people because they're going to remember that they've lost folks or they're in the process of losing folks or maybe the children are in various stages of whatever. There's a lot going on for people. Or people are feeling unfulfilled or unhappy, or they think all the things were supposed to give them the joy and the fulfillment, and now they're realizing it was never the things, that it was always the connection. And people are discovering that and trying to find ways to feel better without drugs and pills, potions, without external things, trying to heal themselves internally. We are in these reckoning moments. And everybody is trying to decide, and they don't even know it, what does enough mean? What is enough? Enough of what? And how do you know? And when do you know? And we all have the tools to decide. We all sort of have ways in which we know when we're full and not just physically full, 
You know when you hear a good song, it brings so much joy and happiness. You know when you read a good passage and you reread it again because something about that passage has moved you. And that's just not in sacred literature and sacred text. You could be reading a, a horror book and something jumps out at you and you're like, oh my God, that speaks to me. Uh, I come from a faith that says God is still speaking. So I'm, I am consistently, and this is part of my, my uh, spiritual maturity. I, I constantly hear God, the word of God speaking to me. I, I've learned. I've, t I've, I've tuned my ear to God's frequency. I always hear God speaking to me. Now, whether I listen to God, <clears throat> that's a story for another show. But I, <laughs> I always hear God speaking. Always in my car. I'm walking down the street. Sometimes I'm I'm in conversation with somebody else, and I and some words from another conversation will find me. And I know that is God's handiwork because it's just the right words I needed to hear that had nothing to do with anything that I'm talking to in this moment. But these words find me. And I and I'll and I'll look around and I'll be like, I know, I see you, God. I hear you. I hear you. So these are these are troubling times. And uh, we have to do better with each other and have grace. And no, listen, I'm not suggesting you go through life never being at odds with people. God knows I'm at odds with people. And people are at odds with me. You know? I, I, I'm not worried about it. You, you, you. I'm not seeking perfection. You know, when you seek perfection, there's nowhere to go with that. <laughs> You're done. What I'm talking about is a constant ebb and flow, a constant moving back and forth. We all fail. But the beauty about failure is that you can absolutely get back up. Get back up and try once again. That's the that's what failure calls us to do. Failure is not a finality. Contrary to popular belief, you lose a game, <clears throat> you play another day. You lose a tournament, you come back next year. You lose a tooth, another one grows in. <laughs> You're lucky. <laughs> you lose a job, you may be able to get another job, most likely. You lose someone you love. They stay in your heart. So nothing really ends, does it? And every day is a new day for you to jump out and be glad in it. And every day, there's an opportunity for you to go and be a better human than you were yesterday. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Every day I get up and I make this prayer, God, let me see the Christ in everyone that I meet and let me act accordingly and let me recognize Christ in everyone that I meet. 
Now listen. <clears throat> I fail at this more times than not. I start today, but let me tell you something. <laughs> I fail at this. I fail at this every single day. <laughs> so I like I I'm looking at people and I'm and I'm like, Christ. <laughs> Let me punch you in your eye. <laughs> so I'm not saying this because I'm more I'm more spiritual than you, and I'm and I'm and I know how to do this, and I know I no. <laughs> it's the intent and the intentions and the attempt. That's what I'm talking about. When you make the attempt, chances are, at some point. You will see the Christ in others, and you'll think twice about punching them in the eye. <laughs> that's the that's the point and the beauty of all of this. But if you don't attempt, if you don't have intention, then you uh, you will you will let the world own you, and the world will make you its bitch. <laughs> so. So you get to choose. You get to decide. How you going to do this thing? How you going to do this life? What do you want this life to look like? How do you want this life to go? And so you make a way. And we make ways. But I am quite concerned about this, this level of loneliness that people are experiencing. And I, I don't I don't exactly know what to do about it except in my circle of friends be there and present for them. I spend a lot of time and I'm and I happily spend time checking in with people far and wide. And I know uh and 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 oftentimes it's just through a, a simple text or a long text or an email. Or now that you can, you know, you can voicemail text. In your uh, in your text, you can say a message. I have friends who like it that way. One because they like the sound of my voice and they want to hear the sound of my voice, and I will. And if that's the gift that they need, I got them. You know, so there's all kinds of ways. And listen, I'm not one of these people who want to spend a whole lot of time reaching out to people and all that kind of stuff. I do what I can where I can when I can. I, it doesn't make me better. I just know what it means to have people think about you and be connected to you. So, and it goes back to my, my philosophy of giving what I need. So whenever I start to feel like, oh my God, whatever, I give what I need. And I can identify in those moments what it is that I need and I give it. I give it. So if I need money, I give money. If I need companionship, I give companionship. If I if I want somebody to hang with me, I go hang with somebody. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just just that has been my philosophy for the last several years when I when I stumbled upon that. Give what you need. Give what you need. You know. And it does wonders for the world. It does wonders for you. It does wonders for the community. You know, and just think about it. And you start small. Start small. Start with small things. That's how I learned. I started with small things just to test it. 
<laughs> you know, we all testing God all the time. <laughs> we test God every time we 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 run a red light. We test God every time we don't stop fully at a stop sign. We are testing God all the time. <laughs> dangerously. And 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 not so dangerously, you know. We test God when we walk out on faith. And rightly so, because God says, listen, I got you. I could you could test me. Test away. Test away. You know, so I'm uh it's the way of the world. And uh uh that's how it goes. I uh I just concern myself with thinking about my circle and making sure that they know that I care deeply about them. So uh that's all I wanted to say about that part. This is the season. And you know. No other season has so much magic and miracles tied to it than Christmas time. No other season has this much mystery and magic and mischief and love and joy and deliberate celebration. No other season. So this is an opportunity for us to, to, to join with each other and celebrate. No one should be sitting alone home anxious and afraid and worried and stressed out and, you know, no one. So I'm just saying we can be better. We can be good to each other. And we can get out there and we can honor our friendships and love one another and be with each other and joy to the world. <laughs> so, uh, so every day I'm going to talk about, you know, some kind of sentiment for the season of light. This is the season of light. And I want to challenge everybody who listens to, you know, be, be a light this year, be a beacon of light, because even if you don't feel it, even if you feel some kind of way, even if your heart is broken, Try to be a light for somebody else. Take yourself outside of yourself and be a beacon and a light for somebody else. And I'm telling you, as I know my name, it will change your life. It will change your life. It will lift you up out of whatever. When you start to think about how can I be a blessing to somebody else, even if you feel like you've not been blessed, even if you feel like no one cares, step into that. Step into being a light. And I tell you, it will change your life. <clears throat> that and having a good therapist. Get you a good therapist too. Don't just try to do good deeds if you if you really are hurting and your spirit is really broken. I, what I'm suggesting is, is a wonderful thing, but get the help that you need too. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing when you can have somebody to help you clean your head. That's why I call therapists, head cleaners. So go get your head cleaned if you need it. And, you know, honestly, we all need it. <laughs> I think, I think after, 
I listen. I think Santa Claus needs a good therapist after December twenty, after the th- uh, twelve days of Christmas. I'm sure before he goes on vacation, he's like, "Let me get my head clean. Let me go sit with the therapist and talk about the year that was, and then get ready for the next year." I think Santa Claus is doing that kind of work too, and the ra- and the and the reindeer. So yeah, so let this be the year. This season of light be the season that you become the light. That you just become the light. No matter no matter where you are, no matter your situation, you become the light. You know, and even even if the light means you smile more, even if the light means you you put yourself in a in a, in a in a better better frame of mind deliberately and intentionally, even if you. Even if being a light means you behave your way into the happiness. So, you know. So, anyway. Uh, anyway, that's where I'm uh <sighs> That's all I'm going to say. Well, oh, I meant to tell Harry. Harry, you know, um, the uh, there's a TV channel that had all the, um, what is that TV channel, Harry? It starts with R. Uh, you, you're talking about all, all Christmas? The, <laughs> yeah, it had all the Christmas frosty and Rudolph and Santa came to town. I was like, oh my God. And I meant to text you, but I was running out the door to some other thing. And the whole day was just all of that. That what is that? It's another, it's another channel connected to it. Ha. Ah. Uh, the Paramount? No, not Paramount. It starts with an R. Reform? Is it reform? Uh, I don't know. I I, I um I watched um It's a Wonderful Life again. Woo! You hooked now. <laughs> I am hooked. I'm hooked. I gotta Wait, say Harry, when you first told me about it, you had a little disdain in your voice about it. You was like, ah. yeah. yeah. Now it's Watch like it. I especially this time I saw it in a different uh I don't know, through a different lens. <clears throat> um and just just taking that that look, thinking to yourself, what if I wasn't here? What if my wife wasn't here? What if, what if? Um, and yeah, I mean, it's 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 a wonderful life. That's, it is. It is. That, it's a really good movie. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful. <laughs> it's a. It's a wonderful life. You know what else you got to watch too, which I, you probably won't, but Auntie May with uh, Rosalind Russell. If you ever get a chance to watch Auntie May, that's another good holiday movie. Feel good movie. And it's funny and it's madcap and it's it's good. But Wonderful Life is a good thing. I love it. I mean, you, you were really, you were a little too hopeful there for a little while. I, I was going to jump in sooner, but I was like, my God, she's uh, she's being too hopeful. What am I gonna do with that? 
Harry, you take some of it or what you could what you could take and leave the rest by the side of the road. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Like, that's crazy. Because I'm reading the news while you're talking. <laughs> and who let's leak documents from oh god Russia that right before he invaded Ukraine. He was planning to do that to Japan. Oh. It's like, what? Why was he trying? <laughs> does he know the Japanese people? You know, they're not going to sit for but, that. But, you, okay, Ukraine, you know, where we, we got ourselves involved in Ukraine, but Japan, we've promised to defend them. Yeah. So you can't attack Japan. It's like attacking us. Do they not have an army? No, actually, that they're, they're in the process of building their army now because you know, after World War II. Oh, that's right. That's right. Part of the deal was they wouldn't build an army. Right. So, but now they they're in the process because it looks like Japan, India, Australia, all of these are going to have to fight China one day. <sighs> So, so yeah, I was like, that's why I was, you know, ho hopeful. But I'm reading the news while you're being so hopeful, and and Putin's not gonna take your advice, best. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's insane. If he thought he was gonna invade Japan, <laughs> not even China's planning to invade Japan. <laughs> I I don't think people realize how ruthless Japan could be. <laughs> that's why they had to take all their toys from them. Like. Mm. Nope. Yeah, we're not going to talk about... Uh, no, I'm not going to go there. But Japan, look look at... Yeah, Japan is real. And in their history, oh, they're fighters. But, um, yeah, so... <laughs> I, I know you're trying to be hopeful, but I got a really interesting story here. Bess. Oh, Lord. Okay. Right? So... <laughs> have you ever heard uh, you, well you know Nostradamus right yes oh, right? Boy. Okay. are we back to this so there's a Bo Bulgarian mystic called Baba Vanga and, it, <clears throat> and that Baba Vanga is known as the, the woman Nostradamus okay and uh, the predictions for 2023 Oof. Baba Vanga, I hope Baba Vanga is not accurate. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> because she saw a solar tsunami, which is possible. You never know when the sun, the sun spits radio waves, you know, radiation towards us all the time. Yes. Solar bursts and everything. So you never know when it's going to be that final one but the, a solar tsunami and and other stuff like i mean she's she's foresaw a a possible nuclear war on on earth and did she that. see me winning some powerball I mean, or at least, mega at, million money at least a year before all of this happens like right now we need to i, I <sighs> I was telling Karen that yesterday. I'm like, 
Man, I'm already thinking of going to work tomorrow. I need the Powerball. I need to win the Powerball. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting uh, a little <laughs> ridiculous having to wake up and go to work every day. <laughs> I mean, jeez. I don't know. I don't know if I deserve it. I don't think anybody deserves it more than the other, but come on. I know, Harry. I feel like. It's time now. I, I, <laughs> I need, That's what I, I'm saying. I don't even think I stopped doing what I'm doing. I would just elevate what I was doing. That's all. Well, you I see, did. that's exactly what I would do. I would elevate my seclusion, my yeah, isolation. Just, you know, instead of doing this from Ivy Street, I'd, you know, I'd do it from Costa Rica. Yeah, you know what? I, I I would get um that studio you've been wanting. I know. <laughs> but it wouldn't be in New Haven. I know I told Paul, Paul, come on, find us a little a little studio space somewhere where we can all do our show. Yeah. Separate so... and apart from the newsroom. <laughs> Geez, Baba Langa has some really horrible predictions here. I, I don't I don't care to hear them. Because there's nothing I could do about them, Harry. Yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> I mean, not, not, not solar, with a solar a solar tsunami would take out everything, all of the satellites, all of everything. I don't, I don't so I don't know what to do with that. Even so, if I knew it was happening, Harry, what what would I do? We'd be knocked back into the Stone Age. But if I knew like tomorrow was gonna happen, what would I do today? I mean, Same, I, I don't know what I would do. Well, if you knew you didn't have to pay your bills tomorrow, you could at All least right. you could at least spend that money today. What would I do? You want. I would go dinner. I would. How many places could I eat in one day? <laughs> well, was, you know what? If I knew that was happening tomorrow, there go my points. <laughs> really though really no i don't think so it's just be like you know what by the way i've lost one pound each of the last four weeks it is at a crawl now yeah but you're still losing i'm still losing All i'm right, officially so i've officially hit the 80 pound mark Okay, so as of yesterday, are you whining about that? I'm I just am. trying to understand why. Because now it's one pound a week. Okay. I still got so much to go that. Yeah, so I'm thinking one pound a week. That'll be well, just eat a little bit more. That'll be another 52 weeks. Well, that'll be 52 pounds. Actually, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> if I lose one pound a week for the next yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I'm you're at, talking yeah, I, about. I need about 60 more to go, so. Well, that's, you You on the path. Let's cross our fingers that it becomes two and three pounds a week. Well, that's because you gotta, you gotta eat more food. You gotta eat all your points and follow, you know what I mean? Probably move a little bit more, but yeah. not a lot. What I need to do is get over my oatmeal cookie addiction. <laughs> I know, but you know what, Harry? That's not the problem because you allow for that. I know, but it's like crack right now for me. I know, but you're not eating more than the points allow. Yeah, but I, my my cookies aren't lasting and they're expensive. 
<laughs> I mean, Karen made me oatmeal cookies yesterday, so I won't have to buy for the next four days. Okay. So that's but, nice of her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and her cookies fall in the same one point. Okay. Spot. So oh, well then why don't you learn how to make them yourself? <laughs> um I like be, um I like being be catered good. to every once in a while. Yeah, but you know what? You make your own cookies. See if you like making them yourself. Yeah. I'm just saying, Harry. I'm just giving you some some other options. You know. Just just I'm just saying. So yeah, so I had my wings Saturday. Oh, did you? I had my wings and a slice of pizza. I said maybe if I wouldn't have eaten that, it would have been three pounds. That See, I lost you, this you, week. You you're doing the wrong, you're doing the wrong. That's that's old thinking. That is not the right way to think about this. Because you didn't blow out your, your points, right? No, I still had like 50 weekly points left at the end See, of the week. See, so I don't understand. I I personally think you eat your points to the max and you'll see a a, a difference. I, I would need to do that instead of because I accumulate all these weekly points. I would have to use like an additional six a day, you know, like to get to my, all my points. I, I, I guess I could do that. I, 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 that's what you're going to have to do, Harry. That's to be you, here. I got to change. You, you're, you're creating a deficit and you need to get back up to your, your body sort of getting to a fat burning place. And you are operating from a deficit when you don't hit your point numbers. So don't stop saving so many points. That's that's not helping you. Yeah. Karen lost three pounds this week. Because she eats her points. I was that's what you know, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking to myself, man, she's eating a lot this week. I don't think she's gonna lose anything. She lost three pounds. That's not how it that, that's not how it works. You're thinking about it still in the old way. That oh, if I eat less, I'll lose more. Nope, that's not that's not how the system works. This system says you must eat. You must give your body what it needs so that it can burn fat optimally. And you're not doing that. So eat eat your points. That's why you have points. Yeah. You don't get no prize for saving points. <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> As a matter of fact, every every um Sunday, I kind of mourn the points that I left. You know, it's like, I can't believe I left. So, you know, I've left... Uh, up to a hundred points on the table, right? So, but the thing is, is since I accumulate them, there's just no way to eat all of them without, you know, actually going into it. All you can eat and all, all I can eat, you know. So I gotta stop accumulating them and use them. Yeah. Daily. So you need to have either add some more snacks in or whatever, or some more fruit or vest or whatever it is, whatever you fill up the points with. You're going to have to do that because if you're leaving too many points on the table, you just create deficits. Yeah, I got to stop. Um, But I got to replace my cookies with something better. Huh? I don't. Why? You like the cookies. You have to add something else in addition to the cookies. You don't have to give up the cookies. You just have to add something else. It's like you know I be feeding. Oh. Jeez, I came on so late that it's the I was almost over. I know. So add something else. You like, what do you like? 
Can you have potatoes? You eat potatoes? I don't know. Yeah, but you know what? I can add a baked potato every day. Yeah, you like that. So, you know, get your po- eat your points, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> Think of it as money. You're leaving $100 on the table. <laughs> I, feel, I feel short today. Because <laughs> some days you feel tall. It's just all oh, the cameras too high anyway. Oh, okay. Are you right. in, are you in New Haven or are you at home? Yeah, I'm in New Haven. Oh, okay. Man, New Haven, I'm, co- I'm covering up the kitchen with this background. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, man, where are you? That's cool. All right. So you, thank you for listening to Love Bass Love Talk on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. I'll see y'all tomorrow. <laughs> Have a good day. Thank mm-hmm. you.